Okay, so we are recording. It is Six Pack Lab and I'm Paul Marazan and we have Mark McQueen checking in. My man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm brilliant. No, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Just so you know, so Canadian Nationals are this week. I'm water loading, so every now and then I might have to go rock a piss. Uh, you and Paul can just... <laughs> You can, Paul, can just carry on with the chat. Um, but, how, uh, how much have you got to lose? Um, not a whole hell of a lot. I'm around, um, I'm around buck ninety. So in kilos, what is that in kilos? Uh, good question. Eighty, eighty, eighty-seven ish. Yeah. So in, I, I'm an eighty-three kilo lifter. So yeah. not a huge cut, but. I mean, yeah, it's just part of it. I'd rather, if I could piss it out and not sweat it out, much better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I don't, I don't do that anymore. So, and you, you used to have to? Yeah, yeah. And when I competed in the 120 class, um, I, I cut, I, that's why I did it. I, I waterloaded and I always had to sweat out a few kilos. And then um, at one comp, I had to, you know, the morning of the comp, I think I sweated like 5.5 kilos, which is like a stone. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, nah, screw that. I'm like, you know, time to move up. So how big, how big were you when you were like ahead of time before you were water loading before just walking around weight when you lifted as a 120, how big were you? Uh, the heaviest I got to was 128 kilos. Um, so I walked, so for the Commonwealth championships, 2017, I was 128.2. Like um, I walked around that, um, but usually I walked around it like for like the worlds and stuff like that. I walked around it like 123, 124, which is a really easy cut. But yeah. 128 was, I, I just got too cocky, um, a bit, you know, <laughs> ahead of myself. And, yeah. and, 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 I, and I made it, but it was one of the worst experiences of my life. It's funny you say that. I've, I've been there. I've done the... Uh gotten too big for the weight class and got a little bit of cocky yeah. with my water cut abilities like when your water cuts are going so good sometimes like ah fuck you, you start forgetting and you're like ah man I could probably cut like yeah. you know two more kilos yeah. it's not oh. that bad and you get addicted to coming in a little bit bigger like that's where Feels it was good. yeah like yeah. it's great to come in and as I said like if you can sweat it out great once you have to start doing saunas and baths and all that shit yeah, yeah. you piss it out yeah yeah uh, like for worlds in 2017 I cut, I think, four kilos, which was the most of our cut, and it was, like, the most perfect water load and water cut I'd ever done. I, I didn't cut a single calorie. Um, it was, you know, really straightforward, and, I, and, I, and it, I'd smoked it, and I thought, well, you know, and I just got a bit, you know, above my above my station and got up to 128, and uh, the water cut didn't go well. I didn't lose what I thought I was going to lose, and then I had to sweat out like five and a half kilos in a, like in you know, bin bags and saunas and that stuff and it was in South Africa and um I made weight literally like this was like final chance, like, you know, the way in was closing, that was at final chance. Uh, and I'm and I'm you know, stepped on the scale and I was one nineteen point nine eight, so point zero two of a gram, I made it. And then I was thinking, no, like what am I gonna do? I'm meant to be lifting in half an hour. I've just lost like basically like five kilos. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. And then the competition got put back by like two hours. Woo! So got I was, like, was going to say, somebody, yeah. somebody upstairs is looking up for you. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, game, about Arnold, but... game on. That's right. Game on. Yeah, you're like, you boys are fucked now. <laughs> 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 everybody, everybody else is like cheering the fact that you 
only have a half hour, and they're like, yeah, two hours. Ah, shit. Let's talk. So some of these titles, because I, I met you in Belarus. Yeah. Um, just for anyone listening, um, well, because well, I want to talk about the Arnold Classic as well, because I'm a strong yeah. fan as well. So we can get into that fun stuff. Let's catch some people up on yourself, though, Mark. Uh, for anybody who hasn't hasn't wasn't hasn't been paying attention to these world championships and whatnot. Yeah. Um. First, what, when did you first start powerlifting? So I read, my first ever powerlifting comp was in two thousand and fifteen. Two thousand and fifteen. Oh, yeah, 2015 um, was my first ever powerlifting competition. I done a push pull in 2014, um, right at the very end. So, like, I think it was like November 2014, and I done my first full power in 2015. Um, so, I've not actually been competing. You know, it feels like I've been competing forever, like you know, but I've not. I think this so that's 2015, 16, 17, 18. This is my fifth competitive year yeah, um, yeah. in powerlifting. But it is so. Were you lifting before that? You were you yeah. lifting weights? Yeah. Like yeah. What, so I mean, I've been training. Oh, I mean, I've been I've been you know heavily involved in sports since I was like maybe um, well heavily involved in sports since I was probably twelve or thirteen. But I've played sports you know from the age of like you know six years old, uh, and then I got into the gym when I was sixteen. So I've been you and and you know when I got into the gym at sixteen, I was like you know I was really I wasn't just training I was like really making a real effort to get really big and strong um so I've been seriously lifting for the best part of you know just just turned nine years but competing for this is my fifth competitive year and for those who, who can't see you you're a huge guy like I seen you in Belarus I'm like this dude is huge how big <laughs> how, how tall are you uh, six foot three yeah, so you're a big dude. Were you always a huge guy through high school? No, teens? No, no, really, really small, really small. So I did, um, I did a host of things. So when I was young, from like zero, from like you know, from like a baby to like maybe nine years old, I was always big. Not necessarily tall, but I was you know stocky and really well built, and I was really strong. Um, I remember I used to like always arm wrestle my brother. Um, my brother's friends, I used to always beat them. And then at like 10, everything turned. So like everyone started getting bigger. Um, and then like 12, 13, all my friends like, you know, hit puberty and started getting, you know, bigger and um, gaining muscle, gaining size. And I didn't, you know, I I, I don't think I hit puberty until I was like, literally like 16. I was so, so late. No kidding. So, yeah. So, so I, was, I, was, I was tiny, mate. Um and like I think when I was like fifteen or sixteen, I was probably like five foot four, five foot five. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, wow. I was, I, I was Dude, tiny. This is you are the story of. Listen, do not pick on that fucking kid in your math class <laughs> who's half your size, because when he comes yeah. around next after the summer in September rolls around school, you're like, oh shit, Mark, I gotta apologize, my man. He just had, yeah. he just had me doing the math and being like. I haven't hit puberty yet. That's right. Be do, careful. I have, do I have, have growth gro- gro- spurt coming myself? Yeah, yeah. Shit, puberty, is a, pu- puberty is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It can be. It can be. It can yeah, be. My, my brother was the same. My, my brother was, um, uh, you know, a, a really, really good footballer, a brilliant footballer. Um, and, I, I do, I, and and football as in, and as in, you know, soccer over. And Proper football. And yeah. whatnot. Um, and uh, 
he used to like you know always have trials and you know playing with pro youth teams. Um, so like that's a step before being a professional footballer. Um, and they would always say, you know, technically, you know, you're one of the best players I've ever seen, but you're just too small. And he was the same. And now he's like six foot two, six foot three. Um, he's like probably a hundred kilos, really lean, and he just does the jitsu. So like again, it's the same story for him. So obviously, we've just got to blame my parents for having bad genes for hitting puberty really late. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, like it'd be interesting if they sh- he showed what I'm like. Ah, oh, I can't can't use you, man. You're a little too small. Comes around. The next season, like, God yeah. damn, man, you're too big. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, his window's going to be like six months in between. Well, that's what's so funny because um, Gavin stopped playing football, I think maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he's, you know, he's really, you know, I think he's at jiu-jitsu almost every single day. Like, he's yeah. really, really into it. You know, he, he competes and he does his competitions and stuff. Um, he's not been doing it for that long, but you know, I think he's been doing it for maybe maybe two or three years. Um, and, but when he was playing football, like he was the biggest person in the pitch. So it's just it's weird. Like ten years earlier, he was the smallest, and yeah, it's amazing how people people can change, isn't it? Well, I mean, a hundred kilo for a soccer player, football player, sounds big. Like, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Like that's that's a lot of weight to carry to that's run around for ninety minutes. Two twenty. Like when I picture a soccer player out there on the field. I don't picture a guy who's like two twenty, you know. Yeah. That's a big dude. That's a big boy, well over six foot. I'm picturing, I'm picturing those Cristiano Ronaldo style who look like a fucking uh, model, but yeah, like underwear <laughs> model. You know yeah, what I mean? Like David Beckham. Or- yeah, little no, pretty boy, not a two twenty. Yeah. that's a big although boy. I mean Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, I, I, he's a pretty big dude. Actually, he's like six foot one, and I think he's like maybe the best part of like 90, 80, 90 kilos, something like that. So I think Is he's he- a pretty big. Yeah, I think he's a pretty big dude, actually. They might be bigger than they look, only because it might if they carry it in their legs, because they're yeah. so much, it's deceiving. So when you see him in pictures and whatnot walking around, their upper body doesn't look particularly jacked. So you can maybe not realize until you see him in real life, oh, okay, yeah. this dude isn't the smallest cat. You're not slapping the books out of his hands and showing him in yeah. the face, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but so so for yourself, when you, when you got the big, huge growth spurt, what sports did you... Did, were you lifting weights before you got the big growth spurt? Um, no, no, I wasn't. So I was doing... Uh, I was playing... I was I was doing boxing and uh, also playing football. So that's kind of the two sports I've always done. I played rugby. Um, and then when I was like nine, I just didn't want to play it anymore. I can't remember why. I just didn't want to play it. And I started playing football. Um, and then when I was about... I think about 13, I started doing boxing. 12, 13. Uh, and, it's, and I look back and it's actually a little bit of shame because I was actually... T- I think I was... I had the potential to be really good at boxing, but back then I was more interested in school... In, like, getting in trouble in school, like, going out and, like, girls and all the stupid oh. stuff. And, oh. and just... And, yeah, just, and, just being, and just being a bit stupid with it. Um... You know, but that's that's the kind of two sports I was doing: football and boxing. And you don't need to weightlift for either of those, really, right? No. So I mean, it was. I mean, the thing with boxing. Uh, I mean, I think you know, having perspective now, weight training would definitely have helped. But back then, I had really old school trainers, and it was like you know, you touch weights, you look like Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, um, so yeah, stay yeah. away. Like you need to. Literally, like, you need to hit the roads and you need to run and just run, 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 run. And also, like, they, 
they were like, you know, you need to be uh, in the smallest weight class possible. So like, you know, like I think maybe, you know, so I, I had I really, I mean, I remember my first ever boxing fight. I think I was like forty nine kilos or fifty one kilos oh, or something geez. like that. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I was tiny, absolutely tiny. How many fights did you end up having? Um, I'm not. Oh, I don't know. Um, quite, quite, definitely, quite a few. Um, quite a few. I, I think I boxed competitively, so I got my first fight uh, from stepping in the gym to fighting. I think it was like four months, which was like a club record. No one had fought. Yeah, that seems that really quick. quick. That seems very that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, in that first fight, I got my ass kicked. I really did. Yeah. I've got to hold my hands up. Um, you know, I really got my ass kicked in that fight. So maybe it was a bit premature. Um, but, yeah, I, I, can't, I don't think how many. Pro- de- I would say definitely like double figures. Oh, really? Okay. And then, so then when you hit your growth spurt, how did you end up finding weightlifting? Um, so yeah, good. So basically, I was playing football, and my knee had been feeling weird for a long, long time. Um, but we're we're playing this tournament, and basically, the tournament was like um, over two days. And if you got to the final, you would have played like a total of like seven or eight games. Um, and this was like I was really starting to come into my own in football. I was never a great footballer, um, technically very average, but. I, on the pitch, I was very physical, worked really hard, and I was and I was smart. You know, I, I tended to win the ball and give it to someone that was better at than it was me. So, I, you know, I was starting to kind of come into more a little bit. Um, I was playing this tournament and I remember I was running and I was running and I was running and I, I suddenly turned and I just heard this massive snap and I fell to the ground and I was really confused and I tried to stand up and my leg gave way and basically I completely ruptured my ACL and my knee. Um, so I had a full rupture of my ACL and my knee. Uh, I had a partial tear in my PCL and I I had a full rupt. I had a full tear in my meniscus cartilage, so I like absolutely banged my knee up. Um, so I had to get surgery, and then part of that surgery um, was physio. Uh, and the the my physiotherapist basically, was, I was really lucky. I had a really good one, and he basically or she sorry basically said to me like, we need to get you in the gym. We need to get you lifting weights. We need to get that the muscles around that joint as strong as possible. Um, so we want you, you know, body weight squatting. We want you you know, doing box squats, you want you doing leg press, all these stuff. So I joined a local gym, um, the Al, which was local to me, and I started doing my lower body weights, and then I started doing, after that, I'd do my upper body weights. And because I was 16, I couldn't go out and play football with my friends, I couldn't do any of that stuff, I couldn't go out with them because I also had this knee. So I started lifting weights, and then, you know, I'm a very, uh, you know, as an adult, I've been a very all-or-nothing person. You know, if I do something... Uh, over, you know, overdo it and I'm absolutely all in. Um, so I started kind of looking online, stuff like that, and I came across a guy called Pete Rubbish. Um, <laughs> Dude, back in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, a uh, guy called, <laughs> you dropped it like we like we wouldn't know. You guys probably don't know him. His name's Pete Rubbish. We had him yeah. on the show. Yeah, we were familiar. <laughs> yeah. Also, and that was when he was in his falling. basement with his washer and dryer behind him. And yeah. I, I absolutely loved Pete Rubbish. So I thought, I want to be like him. So I basically just hopped on uh, a Johnny Cantito program and then just was like, I'm going to do a comp. And I did that. And then I think I was, I think I was 18 years old and I squatted 240, um, benched 135 and I pulled 280, um, all raw, um, just a belt, not even knee sleeves or anything. Um, and how and I thought, you, 
at 18. Okay, your team still has some decent numbers. And, and, I thought, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually probably relatively good at, good at this, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot, and then that's how we got here. You know what? So I love. It's interesting how um, initially the way you found it, it would have been a negative in your life previously when you were playing soccer. One thing, just for anyone listening, soccer, football, however you want to call it. My my stepbrother, or sorry, my brother-in-law uh, from Sweden played soccer, and people who don't know because they think, oh, it's a non-contact sport. It is so fucking rough on the body. When you're running, yeah. stop and turn, run full blast, stop and move. Like you said, yeah. you? he got so mangled in his hips and legs. Um, and he's got a, he's not an old guy, and, but he's he's banged Yeah, up. It bangs you up. They're, like, you got completely destroyed your legs. And yeah. like, there's and no contact, amateur, contact like that. Amateur football and soccer is not no contact. I mean... It is, you know... You get banged like, up in there? Oh, it's rough, yeah. You, you know what? Bro? My brother played soccer. He said his nickname was Bradley the Butcher. Because yeah. he fucking, he's, he's putting the cleats... He knew, how to, he knew how to play it up. I'm like, really? It's like that? He goes, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You like it's, it's like... I mean, I've I've seen, like... Especially from watching my brother um, play, like... Um, at, like, like, you know, Sunday League football, amateur football, stuff like that, like... It, it can be really nasty at times. Um, you know, I think the the kind of um, the, the the actors and people that roll around and stuff that tends to be your your you know top of the top professional yeah. footballer. Where you know no fights ever going to happen because everyone's making you know like close to a million a week and no one wants fined and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and another thing I love about this is so you know how you found you found weightlifting. And at the point in time when you, you had all these injuries and you just blew out your legs like that, you would have been like, holy shit, this is gut check time. This is like the worst possible. Yeah. I can't believe this happened to me. And little did you know the path you were about to take. It's kind of like um, the when we were in Belarus, uh, the world championships that I met you, yeah. there was a lady lifting. She was in the Masters. She's Canadian. She ended up winning the Worlds. But her story, I, mean, I ended up talking to her after the world's been like, hey, congratulations. She sat in the commentary booth with me and um, and did like a session commentating. And I remember asking her her story. And she said, and this is the craziest story of finding weightlifting. If ever there was like a sign, this is destiny. I shit you not, my friend. She's driving her car, a woman in her 40s. So you think right? her, her athletic life is done. She's a 40-year-old yeah. in her 40s, uh, a mother, her kids are like in athletics and shit, driving her car, shit you not, a bolt of lightning comes down, hits her fucking car, destroys her car, and she's mangled. A bolt of lightning, okay? Like that's right. destiny. That's the universe, that's God, whatever you yeah. want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Throws it down. It's just being an asshole. And, and she has <laughs> to, uh, well, so she, has to go to, she has to go to rehab. And she's in the weight room, lifting, rehabbing, and then getting stronger every week. A woman in her 40s, and all of a sudden, same thing as you. She's like, holy, I think I like this. Starts yeah. Googling and learning about weightlifting, yeah. getting better and better. And then she's like, fuck this. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. And in her 40s, starts and becomes like a world champion in the Masters. And I'm yeah. like... That's the craziest story of interve divine intervention I've ever heard. What I love about these stories as well is it's somebody recovering from injury every time. Because anytime anybody starts weightlifting, I feel feel like you always get the same, oh, you're going to hurt yourself. 
And literally, yeah. no. And like, literally, no. It's the exact the opposite. Irony. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna make you better. Yeah, I love people that you know turn. You know, they don't accept the situation that they're in. You know, whatever situation they're in, they 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 they, they look, have a possible look and they try and do something better. I mean, I remember back then, I was like, 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 fuck, my life's over. You know, this is it. And then, because you know, I wanted to be. I wanted to be a fighter pilot back then. I wanted to be in the RF. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. That was my plan. I thought I'd had my life mapped out. Um, and then, because of this, you're not allowed in the armed forces in the UK with an ACL. Or in the back then, you weren't and allowed um, with an ACL reconstruction. So I thought, I can't do that anymore. Can't play sports. Can't go out with my friends. What am I going to do? And I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a blessing in disguise. And, you know, I go through periods of like, you know, Sometimes I'm like, everything happens for a reason, you know, uh, everyone has a path. And other times I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. You know, we're just here for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, um, I and, you I'm, know, the same. I, I'm the same way. And like, I go through all these periods, like sometimes I'm like, really philosophical, and like everything happens for a reason, and you know, no matter what, it's for a reason. Other times I'm like, no, fuck that, that's, ru- that's rubbish, I don't believe in any of it. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's... Oh, I, if I could go over and do that again, I'd do it a hundred times over. I mean, yeah. What a blessing in disguise. Well, it, it's almost like a point of being, you know, sometimes you need perspective and you need to be positive and be like, look, man, this isn't, sometimes you're being guided on a different path here and it's not necessarily a negative. You don't know why, you don't know the bigger picture, but when you sit back and look back, it's not always negative. And there's enough times I've heard these stories where, you know, yeah. life is funny, man, life is funny. You know, it ain't over yeah. until it's over. Yeah, and, and it's like, you know, no matter what, you know, no matter what situation you're in, it can, you can always, you can always improve it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, you know, some, something that people, people, you know, it's, it's always good to remember that regardless of whatever hand you've been dealt, whatever shitty hand you've been dealt in life, it's, you can you can always you can always do better. You can always do a little bit better. And you can always improve the situation. And it's it's awesome to hear people that have, you know been in bad situations and and whatnot and and over overcame those obstacles. And I think Joe Rogan said it best that one of his favorite stories is is when he hears someone who's absolutely messed their life up. Um, and you know they could you know they've ruined their life and they turn it around and you know they become something you know really special and he says that's his kind of favorite stories and I, I agree I, I love stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, if you if you like honestly think about it, like Paul was joking when he said um, you know when literally a fucking thunderbolt falls down from the heavens yeah. in your car and fucks you up initially initially you're gonna be like what the why me that's some bullshit. That is some messed up shit. Why? Except, except for me, if that actually happened to me, I feel like I'd just be like, "This is the coolest thing that's ever happened." And, but, but you're but mangled. But I'm but you're mangled. But I'm also mangled. a little bit mangled in terms of thinking. So you could be initially be like, yeah. "Like, cause she was fucked up." You know, there's yeah. reason why she had to go to rehab. You would yeah. be like, initially, you'd be like, "You are the most unlucky person I've ever heard." How the shit did that happen to you? You could be really down, and little did she know, there it was a life changing uh, situation. So you started. So you started your weightlifting with uh, through an injury, and then had your first competition, and started deciding, okay, I think I like this. Started googling, found Pete Rubish, who's a good guy to to bug yeah. up. I remember Pete Rubish just a few years ago was doing some crazy pulls. He was uh, all the rage. Um, so then, did you start reaching out and like find like a mentor to help you with like your lifts and programming, or how did that start going? Yeah. So basically. Um... I 
you know, binge watched a lot of different YouTube channels and binge watched um, I get a Ben Rice, you know Ben Rice, yeah, really? his YouTube his YouTube channel, and then I watched a video where he said that he's offering coaching, uh, and I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Sent him an email, um, and then after sent him an email, got back to me, and then he coached me. And he coached me up until April of last year, so he coached me. Um, you know, through all of the the major, you know, the world championship win, everything like that. Um, so you know, he was, you know, impet- you know, so important. And without him, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have been in the situation I was. And yeah, that that actually kind of guided me through everything. And he was he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And when you started, so um, for everyone else listening, I know every nation's a little different when it comes to qualifying, making national teams. Like in the U.S. Um, I think you just got to lift once and then you could go to nationals and then from nationals you win and you know, you're on a national team in Canada, you got to lift, then you qualify for regionals and provincials. And then you yeah. go to like a provincial competition, which is in the U S equivalent to a state meet. And then you also have to do a regional competition as well though. Uh, cause Canada is a huge country geographically, which yeah. is an amalgamation of all the provinces on this side, all the provinces on that side and all the provinces in the middle. And then you go to a nationals and then you make a national team and go to the worlds. How is it in the UK when you got to move up the ranks to make, cause you have like Scotland, England, Wales, and it, how, how do you guys nationally qualify? Yeah. Yeah. So basically you've got to uh, compete in a, uh, and a competition within your within your region. So so Scotland, uh, so within Scotland, I'd have to compete within Scotland to get a qualifying total um, for the British Championships. And then once you get the qualifying total for the British Championships, uh, you go to the British Championships, and then you you would win. Uh, and then once you win, you get basically you get selected for the thing. Um, you do have a squad session. You, you, you usually have to attend, um, but like if you win this, if you win at the squad session, you usually have to like ninety percent, and then and then that's it. You you qualify and you're you're, you're part of Team GB. So I'd say it's pretty similar to Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, um, I mean I think as long as you win your class, you're probably going to get to go to to Worlds and and also the European Championships as well. And you guys got a pretty tough team. You know, Great Britain's team's usually pretty good. Yep. Um, I mean, you guys have gotten several world champions here and there. Obviously, like, some big-name guys like yourself, Scream Manuel, uh, Luke Richardson's tearing up a storm right now. Owen Hubbard's always Owen Hubbard. Works. I mean, there's a lot of people. Obviously, Joy. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, of good quality lifters there. Is yeah. It, is it live stream the Nationals, and is it pretty big in the UK when your Nationals rolls around? Um, yes, yeah, so the, so the British Championships is live streamed. Uh, the British Championships in 2018, so the Senior British Championships, uh, I think that was like the, the most effort and the best they've done for the live streams. I think they had commentators and what on the live stream was, you know, absolutely top notch. And um, uh, a guy called Dean, uh, he put the he 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 ran the the competition, and it was you know within Britain that was the. The men, men's seniors British Championship 2018, that was the best comp within Britain I'd, I've ever been to. The way it was run, yeah. uh, the way the, the commentators were, the, the MC was, it was it was fantastic. And then after you hit that, um, when was the first time you won senior British? Or no, uh, sorry, you won as a ju- did you win as a junior or senior? 
Uh, I've won it as a, I've won it four times. So I've won it three times as a junior uh, and once as a senior. So I won my first ever British in 2015 as an under 120 junior, and then I won it again as an under 120 junior in 2016, and then again uh, in 2017, and then I won it as a 120 plus senior in 2018. So I've won it four years on the on the trot. Oh wow! And and when you started going internationally. What was your first international competitions? My first ever international competition was the European Championships in Estonia in 2016. Um, And I came... On hindsight, it was actually like a really successful comp, but then it was like, again, it was... I came second, so I got a silver squat, silver bench, gold deadlift and silver total. Um, But I mean, I thought I was going to win, and I was, oh, I was, you know... You know, distraught, absolutely distraught, and um, uh, and then I remember like, like, like this isn't happening again, uh, and then uh, went back to my hotel room, um, just sat all night, literally, like didn't sleep, and I just like wrote down in like a in a notebook on like what I can improve, so like how, what, like, so like what can I improve, how can I improve it, and I wrote down. I remember I had like a full A4 sheet of paper, like like a full sheet of the things I can improve and I got home uh, and, I, and I just got to work and implemented them and then I had the world championships uh, when I became the first ever junior in Britain to squat 700 pounds raw um, and I came uh, I got the bronze medal in the squat and I came fifth overall uh, and again I get but, but that comp I was actually really pleased with because I mean the people that were ahead of me so I think First place was a Ukrainian guy. I, I I don't know his name, but he broke. He think he set the world record total. Um, second place was Cameron. I think it was. I think second place was Matt Som, Sommer. I think so. Really? Um, was this I, in Texas? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, this was Texas. Yeah. I was, I was and then I think yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. And then third place was um, was uh, Cameron McKenzie from Australia. Fourth place, I don't remember, and then that was me. But like, I went nine for nine, PB every lift, um, you know, seven hundred pound squat, first junior to do it, and I was really pleased. But again, I went back to my hotel room and I sat up all night, and I was like, "This is not happening again. <laughs> I'm not just going and making up numbers." I was like, "That's it." So I sat down all night, wrote everything that I could improve, went home, cracked on, and I thought, right, I've got one more year to win win worlds, and I thought, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know. And I, and I got to work, and I literally just like, if, if it didn't improve powerlifting, didn't do it. Literally, that was my mindset. Every single hour of my of my life was like everything I do improves powerlifting. Wow. And then I went, and then I went, and I went to the British, and I had, and again I won the British, but I had a terrible British. It was awful. Um, I missed my third squat, uh, and I missed my third deadlift. It wasn't a good performance, and it was less than what I told the world. And so I remember you I went, step back. You're like, what the yeah. shit? Yeah. And I, I remember I went home and I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm putting in all this effort. And, 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 and I'm, not getting, I'm not getting where I need to be. And I'm thinking, what can I do? And the biggest, prob- the biggest problem was on comp day, I couldn't eat, couldn't drink, couldn't eat or drink anything. I just like, if I put anything in my, in my stomach, I would just puke it up and puke up. So I thought, right, one well, So I knew a guy um, who... Went to the same gym as me. He was he's an older guy. Uh, he's still you know a, a really good friend. Stroke you know someone I look up to right now. Um, called Ronnie Simpson, and he did hypnosis. Um, now I was like, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to try it. Yeah. So I went, and it was the only thing I changed. And I went to him, 
and uh, I don't remember any of the, the sessions, don't remember anything like that. Remember the next comp was the European Championships, and they bring him in. This is my last year as a junior. So it's like, if I don't win this Euros, I'm not going to be able to win Worlds, so I need to win this. Yeah. And I went. And I absolutely smoked it. Um, I think I beat second place by like 50 or 60 kilos. Um, had a European record squat. Dude. Gold medal. So, had a gold medal squat, gold medal bench, gold medal deadlift, gold medal total. Um, and I was like, yeah. Like, did fuck you, yeah. So this is, this, is, this is amazing, first off. Yeah. So what do you think he did? Was it like... Um, Don't know. Don't know. Damn it. I got to fuck. Don't know. I'm so intrigued. I know, so am I. Yeah. Because... This, and, and this like, is something, like, could these people, these hypnotists, because I've seen video, it won't work for everybody, I've, I'm told, yeah. but it, it obviously does work, and if it yeah. works, this this dude could change your life in so many things, yeah. you know what and I mean? The thing, like, is, the, the thing is, is like, I always kind of knew about sports psychologists, but man, I had no money, no, I couldn't afford one, I had no money, so then I kind of, he told me he did hypnosis, he told me he did it with other people, and like, then I started thinking about it, and I was like... I don't want. I, I wouldn't feel. I wouldn't want anyone hypnotizing me. Blah blah. I, you know, don't know what they're doing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then but then I found out he did it, and I was like, well, you know, I, I, I trust him. I really do, and I, and I really do. And I was like, so yeah, I'm gonna do it. And like, I remember he would talk to me, and I remember he was, he was always starting the conversation. So I'd lay in his bed, and he would talk to me, and like Ronnie, like what a great guy. Like just couldn't fault him. Um, such a great guy, such a nice guy, and he wouldn't take money off me for it either. Like he, would, no he just shit. wanted to help. He just, he just wanted to help me, um, and he really did. And, that's, um, you, look, and he, about, that's where when the guy doesn't want to take money off you, that's when I'm like, yo, the fuck you do to me when I was out, bro? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, what do you mean we're even? You know what? what do you mean we're all good? He's, he's <laughs> in his, um, at, seven, at seventy-two years old, he's still deadlifting like two hundred and thirty kilos. Seventy-two years yeah. old. And look, let's face it, yeah. for a world championship. Small price to pay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, seventy-two years old hitting that—that's huge. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll pull to there, but so he'd start a conversation and um, and he would say, so, so you know, he'd work through um, uh, tense. So he'd so I'd lie on my back and he and he and he'd work me through. He taught me through my breathing and then he taught me through contracting certain muscles. And I think it's to put me in a hyper suggestive state or something like that. Yeah. And then I remember he would say, I want you to imagine your favorite color. So your favourite colour. So mine's is red. And he would say, now I want you to imagine the entire room is you're engulfed in this red colour. And then in the, in, in the colour is inscribed strength and power. And um, I want you to breathe in. And every time you breathe in, you breathe in all of this strength and power. And then I wouldn't remember anything. And I breathe out for like you know, Oh, he told minutes. you afterwards. So you don't remember this. He told you afterwards this is what he did. Uh, I remember the strength and power bit, but that's it. That's it. Um, that's all I remember. And uh, I'd be out for like 45 minutes. And then, like, it was so weird because, like, I'd be lying in my bed and I'd come up and I'd look at him and he's just sitting there on his phone. So, like, obviously, I've been out for like, he's like left me and then he's obviously maybe left me for like five minutes and then I've came out. Um, and yeah, and then I remember I went to, went to the European Championships um, and I, and I wore a cup. And then I remember it was my first ever, it was my first ever water cup. And I thought, I, you know, I need to be able to eat and drink because if I can't rehydrate, I'm going to be screwed. And I remember, uh, I remember I sat down and I started to get a feeling in my stomach. And without even thinking, I just thought about breathing in strength and power. And then like, 
all all nervousness was gone, able to eat and drink, and then I absolutely smashed it. Um, so I kept up, kept up, and then I, and then that's when I had the, the world championships. And this is the thing: I was up against Jackson Spencer and Tristan Naserod. Yeah. Now I, I was going in as a, as the favourite on the nominations, but I'd been watching Jackson Spencer and Tristan Naserod for years, and like I'm like fanboying these people. So I remember like Jackson Spencer was on a YouTube video teaching someone how to squat, and um, Tristan Naserod. Um, was on a YouTube video by George Lehman because um, George Lehman used to coach him, and I was like, "Fuck, these people are really good." So I'm thinking, just got to keep doing what I do. And then I remember when I before Worlds, um, like six weeks, you know, like four weeks out from Worlds, uh, I really, really badly um, impinged my right shoulder to the point where like I couldn't bring my arm across my body, couldn't lift my arm up. Benching 20, 60 kilos was like excruciating, and I'm thinking like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, don't know what I'm going to do, but I just just kept trying to be positive. I remember going into the comp and I'm thinking, I'm going to have to hit an all-time PB in every lift, yeah. on my total, I'm going to have to go 9 for 9, I'm going to have to have the most perfect day ever, and I'm going to have to have a 5 kilo PB in my bench with a shoulder that I can't even bench 60 kilos with pain-free. And I mean like... Pain free as in like the pain was like seven or eight out of ten, like eye watering pain. It was I couldn't lift my arm up, couldn't do no. any of that. So so we got there and and yeah, the, the the stars just aligned and it was just the perfect day. But like looking back, when you look at like how everything done, like as a one twenty lifter, like you know, Jackson was a better lifter than me as a one twenty lifter. Justin was like had the potential to be a better lifter. I'm too tall for the one twenty class. I was, you know, I'm too tall. I was really stringy back then, you know, couldn't hold I, I had to move up, but I was in a one twenty. And then looking back, like the reason I think I won was because like I feel like I was like I just put in so much to it. I worked so hard, like literally for like three years, but especially the last year. Like, every single minute of my day was based around just getting better. And, like, I think I just... And I think it's almost like, you know, it's like the universe or whatever. Like, you know, if you put in your dues and you work really hard, it has a way of, like, repaying you. And I just feel that was my time. And, um, oh, what a comp. I mean, I totaled 847.5. Jackson totaled 840. And I think Tristan Nasrod was, like, just behind him. But, like, I remember... I remember... um, I pulled my final deadlift for an 847.5 kilo total um, and then that was it. That was all I could do. Jackson was going out to pull for the win. I remember that. For, he was yeah, trying to pull for, for the win. Yeah. And like, I, that, that was the worst moment of my life. The, <laughs> the anxiety you must have felt. Oh, um, because like, that was like my entire adult life. That was my dream. I remember from the first powerlifting competition I did, I said to my dad, like, I'm going to be IPF world champion. I'm going to win as a junior in this class. I like the oh, cause like I can't do anything else. I've done it. I remember I was watching and I was like this, and I like couldn't watch. And then it was just, oh, it was one of the worst moments of my life. But you know, he missed it, and 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 I won, and it was it was always it was a dream come true. It was awesome. After you won, I know what you mean more when you're a subtotal guy and the other guy's going for that dead. You're like, oh god. Like if you're the if you're the biggest yeah, lifter yeah. of the field. When you know I'm the biggest deadlifter of the field, at least you get the last say. Yeah. When you've got the subtotal and you just have to watch, like, well, my job's done. I'm yeah. done. And now this guy gets to go out here and have the last say. It would be like, yes. oh, 
please God. Yeah, like, especially when you know you already PR'd on every single lift. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. There is nothing you could have done differently. I've said yeah. that. I've had to say. That's yeah, got to be nerve-wracking. Me and Jackson squatted the same. We both squatted three to 7.5. We benched the same. And we opened the same in the deadlift. Whoa. So, like, neck and then, neck, I, and then I, I pulled three to 7.5. And he loaded 330. And he... He was close. He got it like out just above his knees, and I don't know if he dropped it or if he failed it. I don't know if it was like a like if he dro- like if his grip gave out or he wasn't like he just wasn't strong enough. I'm not sure what, what it was, but I just remember seeing the bar start going back down. You're like, oh, thanks, thank like, you, God. You know what he told me? He told me afterwards that was actually a huge PB he was pulling. So I think it was strength. He told me like. You know, when I loaded the bar with what I needed to to win, but that was well over what I had previously ever done. So yeah. I think it was just going to be, it was more of a Hail Mary pass for him to keep up yeah. with you. He was keeping up good until the end. He's like, ah, shit, this is starting to get a little, <laughs> a little hot. The water's getting yeah. a little high now. I can, you know, yeah. so yeah. you went for it. You went for it. Nothing to lose. So after you did win, knowing, sorry, you wasn't. No, no, I'm just thinking, like, if you guys squatted the same, you benched the same. So who would have, had he just pulled to tie, who would have won on body weight? I guess it would have been... Jackson. So yeah. why, why, why was he... Did, did... So this is the thing. So this is what happened. So so what happened was I had lot number on Jackson. So I opened, he had his opener at 295 and I had mine at 297.5. And literally five seconds before they closed it, his team put in 300 so he could go after me. So then... I took a big jump to 317.5, and then he went 320. So then we put in a fake number of 322.5. They went 325. We went 327.5, and then they went 330, expecting us to go 332.5 because she had body weight. But my coach was like, no, you can't pull that. Enough, you yeah, enough, enough. And, and, I was, and I was like, no, I was like, like and it was and I was and I trusted my I trusted Lauren and um, Lauren's the head coach so much. But I was like, I can't put this in his hands. Load it, and he was like, Fine, I've loaded it. So he goes, Right, that's it. Go out, you're pulling the win. So I'm like, Okay. So I pulled it, and then I turned around and I looked and I saw it was three twenty seven point five. So he didn't change it. So I'm like, Shit. Then Jackson, so, but then Jackson starts going out, but because of the because of the rising, because I had lot number and the rising bar rule, he could have dropped the three twenty seven point five. So like the, their coaches were expecting us to make another jump. So I think the coaches were kind of like trying to like double bluff us, and even if he missed three thirty, expecting me to miss three thirty two point five, and he would have still won. But that's not what happened. Um, so definitely game day tactics played played a lot. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, they were they were. Hoping to bully you because if they if he was lighter, um, yeah. they're hoping to bully you so they could just match and um, just push you so you went up pulling more than you you know failing your last attempt and then they could drop it. So yeah, definitely trying to make you do some mind games. You're like fuck it, load it, whatever he's got, I got to do it. You know, just yeah. like your coach had suspected. The Canadian team in terms of coaching, they do the research, right? So if they yeah. think we think Mark can pull this much. They're going to try to bully you to load a little too much. Hopefully you're a little nervous and you, you think like you're thinking, fuck it, load what we need. And you miss like, oh, thank God. Okay. But yeah, your, your, your coaching staff is like, we're not playing that game. We know what you're yeah. trying to do. Stay in the pocket. Well, I, 
I wouldn't have had 332.5. I, I, remember, I remember when I first pulled it and put it down, I was like, should have loaded 332. I, I would have smoked that. When you're in that mindset, but on hindsight, I wouldn't have. Um, so no, I mean, Lawrence, Lawrence was, you know, top notch, absolutely second to none yeah. with his attempt selection. Yeah, no, it's, such a, it's funny how in powerlifting, they say the stronger, like, well, it's not that much of a strength, like a strategy, the stronger guy always wins. Like, you, if you're stronger, you're going to win. Well, not always. Like, at the world level anyways, maybe on the regional, like on the smaller circuit, local levels, you just load for PBs, who gives a shit, yeah. and the strong guy's going to win. But at the yeah. world level, you see that kind of stuff happen. Like, you have, you could, for people listening, you could change your, your last deadlift attempt twice you start doing things where you try to bully people and, and make them be like, oh my God, I better match him. Well, you better, maybe you better not. You know, like you load yeah. the bar and he's going after you because a lot number or whatever the situation might be, he can, you know, so he could drop it. If you miss yours, he drops it to your most successful attempt or whatever it is. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it, a lot of games can be played. But um, so yeah. after, after you win those world championships and all of the work you put in, you know, all the nights that you stayed up in the hotel room, and like, ain't going to happen like this again. You're scribbling down almost affirmations what you're going to do. And all the disappointing nights where you're like, I, and you put a year of work and kept stepping up to the plate. When all that work amalgamated onto that one day and, you, and the anxiety to the last deadlift, yeah. right down the last deadlift, and you found out you're the world champion. What was that night like? Can you even tell me? <laughs> oh, I, I I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think you know it was like the medal ceremony had happened. I'd been in the podium. The national anthem was played, and like by the time I'd even like kind of even like realised I'd won, I was already back home in Scotland. And then it was like it was oh, it was like just it was surreal. It was yeah. it was surreal because it, it was weird because like I genuinely would have bet every single ounce of my existence that I would have won that year. But when it won, I was like, can't believe I won. <laughs> so like, you, you know, so yeah. like, it was so weird because like, I'm like, before it, I was like, I would have bet anything and I was so, and I mean, as it made, you know, I think it's all, you know, maybe all, you know, people that do, you know, really successful and whatever, maybe do kind of have, you know, slightly delusional mindsets, but I, I would have was like, wouldn't have knew I was going to win. But when I actually won, I was just like, can't believe I won. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, like, I had no signal in Belarus, and I got back to my apartment, and I connected to the Wi-Fi, and like, I had like twenty text messages, a hundred WhatsApp messages, a hundred Facebook messages, like thirty Instagram messages, and like all these notifications on my phone just blew up, and I was like. I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm going out to the the banquet to party. I was like, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah it is. It's crazy how um, the expectation of something doesn't always prepare you. When you get mm. there, you could tell yourself, when this happens, no, I'm ready because I'm expecting this. Cool. But when it actually happens and it dawns on you, it's a whole nother, and this is like everything in life. There's several things like this will happen in life, but that's a perfect example. When you get there, you know, when it actually happened and it dawned on you, oh my God, I'm a world champion. Did your perspective start changing? Did it did it help you in terms of getting back off that high? And it actually sinks in, holy shit, I'm the best in the world at what I do. For anyone listening, Jackson Spencer, the very next year, won it. Like, you had to, yeah. beat, you had to beat the best of the best. Like, 
this wasn't a, a light year. This wasn't a non-competitive yeah. year. You beat some quality opposition. Um, so when it dawned on you and, and you realize I'm a world champion and things are different because when those, those nights when you missed, stayed up all night and you were fucking hungry and you got back to the grindstone because you were hungry. Now that you won, was it harder to keep pushing and get back to the grindstone and get back in there and work? Because this is a whole different setting now. You yeah, were at the top so, of the So, I mean, I was very lost. Definitely very lost. Um, that's the only way I can describe it. But, I mean, I think that I'm such a, you know, creature of habit and routine that, like... And I, and I had the Commonwealth Championships coming up, and I wanted to be the first person to win a European Worlds and Commonwealth in the same ah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like full steam ahead for that, and I ended up winning the Commonwealth. So I done it. I, I you know I won Euros, World Commonwealth in the same year, and the first person to do that. So like, but like the the routine never changed. Still like was working out every session, all my effort, never missing a meal, doing all my recovery work, sleeping, eating, physio, everything. But like. I think when I sat down, especially after the Commonwealth was done, I was a bit lost. I was like, don't really know what I'm like. Like, just felt lost because, like, it was like that was my Mount Everest at the yeah. time. That was my Mount Everest, yeah. and I conquered it. And it's like, I, and I, and then I never look back, and I, and I, and, I, and I'm like, I was an idiot. But then I was like, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? I'm never going to top that, which was stupid. Because there's so there's so much more to do, and and now I don't think, regardless of what I achieved, I'm of the mindset of like there's always more to do. But yeah. back then I wasn't. It was just about worlds. So I definitely think I was lost, and then I de- and then and then I you know won the Commonwealths, and then I won the Scottish champs, and then I won the British champs. So I won you know those five titles in the year. But the British championships was like a terrible competition. Again, I didn't awful like I won but like I was awful on the day um and then I kind of just kind of lost my way not as in I wasn't not training I was you know still putting all the effort but training just like wasn't going as well things weren't really clicking and then I had um a gym competition coming up my gym were hosting a competition and you're getting to use knee wraps and a deadlift bar so I was like yeah let's go for it I'll help support my gym compete with like everyone in the gym um and then like I remember it was the first week in January. I tore my adductor and um, doing squats with knee wraps. One of my first sessions, I tore it really bad, and that set me back a little bit. And then I went to the competition, and um, I squatted three sixty five, um, benched two seven point five, pulled three forty, and totaled nine oh seven point five, which was the biggest total ever done by a Scotsman at that time. Um, and knee wraps and on a deadlift bar, it was on, um, but I was like. Damn man, I've like I've lost my mojo. Like I've lost, like Mark. I'm like, like, and, and I and I was still putting all this effort, putting all this work, never missing a meal, doing everything right. But I was like, I've just lost like my way. I've lost myself. I've lost my ability to perform. All this stuff, and then that's when I moved. Um, uh, I started getting coaching. So I, I stopped coaching with Ben, and I started getting coaching from Jim, uh, Jim Ellie from React Chain Systems. And then I was like, yeah, starting my mojo back. And then that's when I, I went and won British, the, the British seniors. Um, and uh, yeah, like now I'm I'm in full swinging and whatnot. So, but I would definitely say for, for, a, for a good, 
I would say for a good maybe year, I, I felt you know I was really, I, I just felt a bit lost because I didn't feel like I didn't have I didn't have a, a goal. Like I didn't know what yeah. was my goal, what was, what was my Everest. You yeah. know, if that makes yeah. sense. It, it totally does. I mean, I you, you you get it from a lot of people. Like I'm I'm a, I'm a big boxing fan. You're, you're into boxing yeah. too. So I remember Roy Jones in the '90s talking about um, if he doesn't get the, the the fire back in his system. You know, in his mojo back, he was going to retire because he doesn't feel. You know, when you're hungry, it's it's a different feeling. You could go through yeah. the emotions, but I know, like, if you walk up to that bar and you're fired up, like, I need this, I want this. If I don't get this, I don't, I don't get my goal. I need this, and you're it's that almost desperation where yeah. you, you will yeah. tear yourself and everyone around you to pieces to get that bar moving. Yeah, when there's a difference between that and just. Walking up to the bar and moving. Oh yeah, yeah and like the thing is, is like I was going out to one ninety two point five worlds, and I remember this. And I benched. I remember I benched sixty kilo. I benched a hundred kilos in the warm up room. I remember I benched it, and my coach looked at him and was like, "You okay?" Because I didn't tell him about my shoulder. I wasn't letting him know. Um, he's like, "You okay?" And I'm yeah. And like I had to like wipe a tear from my eye. It was so painful. I mean, like I couldn't. I mean, have if you, if you ever speak to Luke? Like Luke was with me. I couldn't raise my arm like this without like. Absolute agony. Um, I remember I went out to one night two and a half, and I just benched one eighty seven point five before that, and that was RP ten. I was all out, um, and like, and I came back, and my shoulder was in bits. I remember Lawrence came over to me and went, "We've loaded one night two and a half. You don't do this, you've lost the world title." Fuck. I remember, and I remember going out, and I was like, "This is literally everything. Like, this is like life or death." This yeah. is, and it was, and like, ironically enough, pain free. Hurt. You know, Completely. and that's where, you know, you it, it's it's it sounds cliche to say, but sometimes mind over over the physical, it, it happens yeah. where you, it, when it, it's very tough to beat somebody who has a mindset, this is everything to me right now. Yeah. I, you could tell me, Ryan, Mark, Paul, your fucking house is on fire. Your house is on. You're about to lose everything, my friend, and you would be like. Tell me about that shit in five minutes because yeah. I'm going to hit Wouldn't the have I Wouldn't don't have give a shit. If someone said to me, genuinely, and again, I look back and I'm like, but like, if someone said to me, you can win IPF Worlds and die the next day or you don't win and you'll live, I'd be like, fuck it. Yeah. Let me win. Adios. Let me win. Adios, man. Make a t-shirt yeah. in memory of because we, we're going to hit this. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Whereas, um, so when you feel that, and I get it, where when you feel that and that's how bad you want it, to the next situ- next prep, it's not there like that. The da- yeah. coming down from that feeling, y- yeah, you'd be like, "Fuck, man, I can't." Even in training, a, a-, a big here's another boxing uh, throwback would be when Buster Douglas fought Mike Tyson. He's, his out. mother passed away, and he was like so all in. He said, "You could you, all up until the Mike Tyson, he was a reliable contender, but when the going got tough, he quit." Okay, yeah. he, he would beat some solid top 10 guys. If the fight got rough, he quit. Against yeah. Mike Tyson, um, he was winning the fight. Eighth round, Mike Tyson floored him. And like and now- badly floored him, and he was fucked. And for the first time, he got up off the canvas and was like, not tonight. Not the fucking yeah. night. I, you will, I will walk through hell tonight. I'm going to win. And then he, he beat the piss out of Tyson and, and, and whatever. After he beat his Mount Everest, which was Mike Tyson, the unbeatable Mike Tyson, very next fight he fought, Evander Holyfield came in woofly out of shape, 
Couldn't get, you know, I mean, just, it wasn't there. And he got smoked in the third round, knocked out. And afterwards, he said, like, I was so transfixed on winning the world title and not only just winning it, but beating the unbeatable Mike to turn around four months later. It was just, he, 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 it was too soon. It was yep. too soon. He, he was like, I, I can't, I can't bring it back. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to and, describe to some people who don't get it. Yeah. And then, like, I remember. Get get with Jimmy, and then I and then I, I just gained perspective, and I remember I gained perspective, and I was like, do you know what, what you've done, and it may, and it, and, I, and maybe maybe it's not, but this actually started. Do you know what? Do you know what you've done? What you've done is irrelevant because it doesn't matter what you've done. It's what you're going to do. I was like, what you've done isn't you anymore. That was a that was that was a different mark. That's not you. Like let let's go, let's do some stuff, um, and then I got it back, and I mean I mean like right now. I mean, I've, I mean, I've moved country. You know, I, I've moved from Scotland down to England, living in um, in, in Leeds with Luke. Um, yeah, no, and like I want me to talk with about me. that. Yeah. How much? I, listen, I gotta rock a piss real quick. You boys keep talking. I'm gonna yep. hear you. I'll come back and join you. But talk about how that would impact lifting with Luke. And you're at, you're in the same weight class as him now. And that's yeah. like you guys are some big boys. A how that would help you guys. Uh, push each other, but B, you gotta kind of, you know, there's only one spot. So it's kind uh, of a weird. I'll be back. You tell Paul, I can hear you, and I'll join in. Yeah, because I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, well, Luke, Luke's first and foremost, like, Luke's my best mate. You know, Luke's one of my best friends. Like, Luke's, Luke's like a brother to me, you know. Um, absolutely. We literally spend almost every single day with each other, and, the, you know, the overwhelming majority of the day. But, you know, I remember, at, at, you know, I've been wanting to move down for a while, and then, and then in December I was, you know, thinking like I'm all in, I'm doing everything I can, but like the 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 one thing I'm missing is like um, being at a gym surrounded by people that are like me and want to be where I am. And I was like, and I know these people; they're some of my best friends. Um, you know, you got Kieran, um, who I think will be the IPF Junior One World Champion this year. You got Joe, who's got you know massive aspirations, and you know we'll we'll get that. Uh, you got CJ. You got all these people, and I mean I sort of missed anybody, but all these people. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to move. So I basically rented a flat uh, and left everything behind. You know, my mum and dad, my brother, my sister, my girlfriend. I had a few really close friends. Everything. Moved down, and I mean, luckily, you know, my girlfriend and all of them were really supportive, understood. Moved my whole life, moved to um, North Yorkshire, and like I'm living here and literally like just training full time. That lasts my life, just literally do that. And and I mean, I'm just you know, that's two months in, and like things are going better than ever. And you know, like you are a product of your environment. And and another good kind of quote that I like is like if you look at like the five people you surround yourself with the most look at who they are and that's who you'll be so I surround myself with all these you know people um and and that's what and and and, and that's the result I'm getting and I mean with look I mean like you know within British powerlifting the federation uh I mean obviously you know looks look looks a top dog I mean looks top 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 dog in in Britain you know any federation in my opinion um and uh yeah I mean I I mean People have said that before. I don't think about it like there's there's rivalry between us. You know, like I mean, nobody wants to see Luke do better than I do. You know, like uh, when Luke told a thousand, 
know, nobody was happy for him than me. But like, I, I use it as inspiration, man, because it's like you know, I want to, I want to do, I want to totally grand, I want to do X, I want to do, I want to do stuff looks done. And like, if I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it, you know. And I and I and I draw inspiration from it. Um, and then again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I can't speak in Luke's behalf. You know, you maybe have to ask him. But apart from apart from me, there's probably not anyone really close to him. You know, so you know, maybe that's also maybe a bit of a driving force for him, where he's like, yeah, I've got you know, keep keep going. But I just think the main thing is like, you know, me and Luke, we have some absolutely outlandish goals, and we both we, we both know exactly what those goals are for each other, and like. I ain't going to let him slack, and I think vice versa. You know, we when we go to the gym, we're in the gym too. You know, don't be wrong. We have a lot of fun. Like, we have a lot of fun. Um, but like when it's time to go, it's time to go. And you know, regarding like meals, you know, when it's time to eat, it's time to eat, and, and everything else. And you yeah. guys have the same coach too, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, both coached by Jimmy. Which I mean, does he kind of coordinate? So you guys do the same lifts on the same days, so you can push because yeah, it, yeah. It so like sense. me, we're cool. Me and Luke on a Monday will squat and bench together, um, we'll deadlift and bench together, and then on a Thursday we've got bench only together, and then on a Friday we've got like um, our like lower bodies, like safety squat bars, stiff legged deadlift, stuff like that. But it's really good because like Kieran, he's got the same layout, Joe, he's got the same layout. So like there's like four or five of us all got the same layout, so like, yeah, we're all together and like we, we all know what we want to achieve and um oh it's it's amazing. I mean I I, I think that you'd be hard pushed to find a group of four or five people who like all have the same goal, but also like not just the same goal, but like we are like all in, you know, all of us are all in. You know, it's in terms of when you're writing these programming, you got to think like when you're a coach, it is a unique situation to surround yourself with people that just as talented, just as driven and it would totally make sense. Like, don't give you deadlifts on Monday, Luke bench. Yeah, you're doing opposite yeah. shit as best as you can. It doesn't have to be the exact same rep ranges, whatever. But make these fellas squat and bench on the same day. Make it line up. You're going to get more out of your athletes. And obviously, Jimmy's yeah. going to know. Like, look, these guys are going to push. The, the motivation, the oh, positivity yeah, when, you, when you're in that room. When you, you know, talk so, about a nurturing environment, like, I yeah. don't think you could get any better than what you've got right now. Yeah, and, like, you know, but and Matt, by the end of this year, I think the Shed will have two 1,000-kilo-plus totals. It'll have three IPF world champions, um, and it'll have, um, I think it'll have a 900-kilo total, and I think it'll have a couple of 800-kilo totals. And that's just your crew. Yeah, and that's I, and I mean, that's and a and lot. That's a that, lot. That's, that's, that, that's hard to find. I don't think you you find that anywhere else. I really, yeah. you know, I really don't. No, I, no. And you talk about going, you head talk head about too. going into a gym and having motivation. Yeah, that's some, and, that's a hell of a lot of motivation right there. And are all you guys young guys too? Yes, I mean, like, looks twenty two this year. Kieran, I think, is 23 this year. I've just turned 24, like, a month so you, ago. You're the old man at 24. You're the grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, Connor, um, who... Connor lives in Scotland, but he, like, comes down, like, once for one full week a month. And they, he's the same age as me. He, I think he's... He might be... I think he's 24. And you've got Joe. Joe is... Um, Joe's thirty six. Joe's thirty four. So Joe's the oldest one. He's, but he's I mean, he's yeah. he's get he's getting he's getting good. I mean, like Joe's like 
Joe, I think, in his first 10 months, added like 140 kilos to his total in 10 months. Well, I guess so. Um, you know, adapt or die. Yeah. Like, you guys be like, look, if, you, if your total doesn't go up, Joe, we might eat you. You know, <laughs> you, you, you're going to bring something to the table. Either it's your, either it's your total or it's you. Yeah. Okay, you know, adapt or die. So how far away is a travel from Scotland to Leeds? I don't know how big. UK is not, it's not huge. But it's not small no. either, right? So, so in the car, it's probably like a three and a half hour drive, four hour drive. Oh, wow, that's not that's close, man. Yeah. So yeah. in Canada, we could drive to Toronto in three hours sometimes, given traffic. Yeah, the traffic's terrible, yeah. yeah. But in Canada, Canada like is, um, man, you're talking like days from one side yeah. to the other. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not like you know, Glasgow's like kind of. Not Glasgow's relatively close to the border, and then like so is like North Yorkshire's like relatively close to the the border. So like, although like I've moved country, like moved country, I'm I'm, I'm only three hours down the road. So like, not so bad. Like my girlfriend comes down and visits every couple of weekends. Like my parents were down this weekend to visit. Um, but like, and you know, it's really lucky. Like they really understand because like my girlfriend comes down. Like she knows like I gotta eat, I gotta sleep, I got you know I gotta sleep during the day and get a nap. And then, like, she'll even come to the spa with me to do my hot cold. Um, Damn. You go to physio with me, do my physio. So, she, yeah, she's awesome. So she, she's, you know, very understanding. You know, anybody who hasn't listened to the Luke Richardson podcast when we had him on, you sound just like him with how driven and dedicated you are. It was yeah. talking to him. Were you in the Luke Richardson one? No, I was ready. It was ready. It, it is insane how dedicated you fellas are. Like, we, after we had him on, we were like, how how do you beat guys who are like that? Yeah, well, like, like you were all I mean, in. If we run, if I run you through like mine and Luke's, like so, like tomorrow, so Monday, me and Luke will meet at the spa eleven o'clock. Um, I will have had a steak meal before that, so will he. Um, me eleven, do a hot cold, do our mobility work, come back to mine, have another couple of meals, so, like that'll be a nurse steak meal, um, and then you know, like we'll hang out. Go to the gym for like six o'clock. I'm always late to the gym. I'm always half an hour late, but like, you know, go to the gym. And then, like, we'll be in the gym, like, from like six o'clock till like midnight, you know, like, we'll be in the gym till like midnight. And of course, we've got food. Come home. Um, That's insane. And then six hours eat, till midnight. That's insane. Yeah. Eat some, eat some more food. Uh, and then, like, go, go to bed and then, like, repeat. And, like, don't be wrong, like, the six hours, so, like, I've got like quite a few warm-ups to do, like from um, Dr. Aaron from Squat University. So I've got quite a few warm-ups to do. I've got quite a few cool-down movements to do. But yeah, like we literally like live, eat and sleep powerlifting. Every single thing we do is geared around powerlifting. And, and, and you know, we're really lucky that we're able to, you know, support ourselves with, you know, with incomes that allow us to live lifestyles like that. And we, we are very, very, very fortunate. Um, but yeah, like we are, you know, full steam ahead. What is, you mentioned Aaron from Squat University. He came on the show as well. And um, Paul, I've actually started talking to him. He's going to come back on. Me and you can have some I was going to say, yeah. Good combos with him. But um, he's absolutely brilliant. For anyone listening, if you don't know Squat University, uh, you should. Um, by all means, go to the Instagram, uh, you know, hit the content he puts out. But what are the, some of the stuff that he's been working with you and how did you yeah. come in contact with him? So I, I've had, um, like, I, I, I kind of developed some issues with my lower back. You know, like, I'm, I'm like, 147 kilos right now. Um, so, like, I think just, like, with the extra body weight and then also, like, you know, gained a, gained a stomach and stuff like that, um, I, I started having some issues with my lower back uh, and also some issues with my hips. 
And I remember I saw Kelly Branton had um, had been working with him. So I messaged Kelly and was like, you know, how, how do you get in contact with him? And he was like, just shoot my, an Instagram message. So I shot an Instagram message, but he's got like almost a million followers. So I'm yeah. thinking, I'm thinking like, this is a Hail Mary. He ain't going to get back to me. And he did. And he was like, you know, give me your, give me your Skype. Let's have a, let's have a phone call. Um, and like, I'll, I'll help you. And like, he's given me, so he's given me mainly what he found was the, my glutes weren't coordinating properly with everything else. So like my hip flexors were overly tight. Um, and my glutes weren't coordinating properly, so I, I, and I think in layman's terms, they were just weren't picking up the slack they might be picking up. Um, so like a lot of lateral hip stuff, so like, um, uh, hip circle around my knees and like deep, like, like squats, so like six second eccentrics, uh, three second pause, and then normal up for like five reps, then like five normal reps, um, side shuffle, so now like just like obviously just like go side to side with it with your feet, um glute bridges with the band and holding like 10 seconds at the top um, and all that stuff and like my back and hips have like never felt better um, stuff like that and then he's given me some cool down stuff to do so like the cat camel uh, deep goblet squats with a dumbbell um, and all this stuff so it's quite a lot of stuff to get through probably like 45 minutes a day but I mean it doesn't matter if it's three hours a day if it's going to if it's going to make me a better lifter then that's you know I'll, 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 I'll crack on with it but he, he's awesome. He's absolutely amazing. And is he kind of like um, a normal coaching service where he charges by month? By how, how does that work? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. He he just helped me out, um, which was really really good of him. Um, just just he just he just like got had a Skype thing and like he wouldn't wouldn't accept anything off me. Um, just said he wanted to help. See, so like that. That was that really dude. cool. Well, like he's a dude, he's a doctor, and I'm sure yeah. he makes money. I'm sure he makes money. So yeah, he apps for the love of the game. He will help some people if you come to him. Yeah. He says, you know, when you said like he's got close to a million followers, and he he hit you back. He says he even though he's probably busy as hell, tries to hit every single per every single person. You could think of how many messages he gets. Yeah, the and guy I was like, is amazing. I was like, you know. Let me let me give you something, and he was like, "No, it's honestly it's okay." And then after the phone call, I was like, "You know, you know, give me your paper, whatever. You know, I, I want, I want, you know, to pay because you've helped me out so much." But he wouldn't, and uh, he was like, really, like, just really, really good dude, you know. So like, I think if I, if I ever see him, if I ever meet him, hopefully I will. I'm gonna have to buy him a present, you know. I'm gonna get him something that he can't turn down. I was gonna say, just bring him a muffin basket or something. Yeah, yeah. Dude, listen, man. Yeah, I mean he's just uh, he's a super That's nice incredible guy. though, incredibly available. Well, I mean I messaged him. I'm like I'd love to have you back on. He's like he's saying us. It'd be an honor. It's like dude, you, you got a million followers. Yeah. But how would you not like? It's an honor to have you on. You know you, you must be incredibly busy. He's like let me know the time or what works for you. And yeah, he's just a phenomenal guy. But it's true. I think the little things that you had mentioned to keep the body balance. And me and Paul, this is it's, this is all ringing very true for us. Very, right very true. Um, in, in terms of longevity or even like you're a young man, these are the little things that take you to the next level. It's crazy yeah. the amount of imbalances we get when we just hit the squat bench dead. Yeah. Oh, and I think as well, like, just like, you know, like being this body weight walker in 147 kilos, I'm really comfortable. I don't feel 147 kilos. I don't think I look it. Um, despite what all the people, all my friends say, uh, but like, um, 
I feel really comfortable, but I definitely noticed as I got bigger, like my back was getting unhappier with every five kilos it added on. But like now, it's went right back to like being really happy. Um, I still get tight, you know, you know, a bit tight and a bit sore. Maybe after a really, really heavy squat dipper session, but like all oh, like what he's given me has helped me out so much. But I think the thing is, is like I do that every single day of my life without fail, and I think it's like everything you do. Well, it's like marginal gains, isn't it? But like, if you, the more you do it, the more it kind of adds yeah. up over time. Yeah, it's it's all it's. Here's the thing that I try to preach to everybody: consistency always wins. You know, yeah. you're, it, yeah. it, it works both ways. Don't beat yourself up if you always do these and you missed a few days, whether it's diet or workouts or whatever the shit. Overall, you're doing it often. You're okay. Don't stress. On the flip side. Don't tell yourself you're never doing it. You do it once or twice, and it's going to fix the problem. Consistency. Yeah. As long as you're consistent, missing a day or two, diet, whatever the shit, you're okay. Or and, and vice versa. Well, don't think if you're consistently not doing something, I you think can catch up. Like as lifters, we're in the gym for so long. It seems kind of insane that you won't go through and do the 45 minutes of extra work. That's going yeah. to make you that much better. Depends yeah. on or you're going to do it, and then once you start feeling better, you're going to cut it out because you don't feel like you need to do it anymore. Depends how bad yeah. you want it. You yeah. know, if you yeah, think... so, yeah, I think that, you know, I think a lot of the time when you see the people at the top of their game, you know, and I think in any field, it's not always the most gifted. It's the people that just won't just keep showing up. Keep showing up year after year after year, and don't be wrong. Especially in sports, you got to have you got to be predisposed to being good at that sport. You know, like you really do. But like, I think if you're like predisposed to the sport um, and whatnot, the person just keeps showing up and keeps showing up, and you know, you 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 know, you might not be able to outwork the, the you know the best the best in three years, but see over ten years or fifteen years, you know, it all really adds up. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, like, you see um, somebody like yourself, someone like Luke, and they don't realize what they put in. They think, oh, they're just genetic freaks. Probably, but they don't realize how hard you guys are grinding. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, you know, Luke definitely is, you know, and then, like, you know, myself, like, you know, six foot three, 23 stone at 24 years old, you know, you know, you know, completely, you know, drug free and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, like the ability to hold that and be that, and you know maybe lift what we lift. Yeah, maybe 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 we are, but you know I think that it's without without doing what we did, we wouldn't be where we are. And as simple as that, and I, I don't think people realise just just what was into it. Like literally, like I mean, yeah, like I mean I've got my checklist every single day what needs to be done. You know, like my food intake, water intake, all my supplements for the day, um, you know, my workout, my recovery work, all my back exercises from from uh, from um, Squat University, you know, contrast showers, hot, cold, going to spa to do your hot, cold, a nap during the day, sleeping eight hours a night, um, on non-training days, going walks, um, your physio a couple of times a week, spending you know, 400, 500 pounds a month in food, which is like $800. And like, I mean, like, it's really funny because like me and Luke, like, we spend our whole life, like after eating, like the first 10 minutes is like, you're having to hold down not being sick because you're eating so much food. And yeah, like, the, don't be wrong, like, we are so fortunate, you know, and especially myself, like, I'm so fortunate and so lucky that I get to live the lifestyle that I get to live. Um, 
and to be in the position I'm in. But like, it's tough, you know. It, it, just because you're fortunate doesn't mean it's not tough. Yeah. Um, and I'm well aware, you know. I'm, you know, I'm so fortunate. But yeah, it's tough, and like, it it can be like really tedious at points. But again, like you said, just goes down to how much how much you want it. And if you really want something, you're going to put in the work. Well, quick question: because You brought food. Do you, do you know how many calories roughly you eat a day? Yeah, so between bottom line six thousand and I try and aim for about seven. Okay, that's that's pretty big. That's but it's not in you know like some strong man like ten thousand. Yeah. Yeah, but I think like yeah, like you know, I mean obviously I know Luke uh, is is you know wanting to win a strong man, and I think that's going to be, I won't speak from from but I think that's going to be sooner rather than later that he's you know going to be you know moving into strong man, and I want to you know I've got a couple of goals in powerlifting that I want to tick off. And then I want to, you know, move into strongman. Um, but, like, if me and him are going to be, like, 185, 190 kilos, which will need to be, like, yeah, we're going to be, like, 10,000 calories a day and whatnot, and it's, it's going to be rough. Like, Eddie Hall was, like, 12,000 at one point. Like, that is nuts. Uh, so let's talk about the future a little bit, because you brought it up, and uh, a lot of people are getting excited. The heavyweight division has never been more stacked. Like, this year, we have, um, looking at the world's even... Obviously, you have the regulars um, in terms of Ray. You got Kelly Branton that you had mentioned. Jez is back, which is which is going to be spicy. Yeah, Jez is an absolute beast. Jez has not. Jez has squatted four ninety uh, this year. Jez is an absolute beast. He can front squat four hundred kilo for God's sake. Yeah, but now you have some young bloods, don't you? You got yeah. you got Pablo. Luke. You got um, his arch rival uh, Pavlo. Who's an yeah. absolute? Who looks like he's straight out of a comic book? Um, oh yeah, and, like and, you know, the dude doesn't look real, even in person. No. You're like, <laughs> you're like, I didn't know people were this big. You yeah. know, <laughs> he looks. And then you got guys like yourself. You know, you got these world champion juniors. All you guys were just mentioned, world champion juniors, who are now walking into the open. It's like the next generation. The future is here. The future is now. And what do you expect to see both at these worlds and the next couple of years for not just yourself, but including yourself as well as the heavyweight division? What do you think is going to take place before you guys go off into the strong world's strongest man? So, so I mean, that's your world. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, also, I'm going to have to back Luke. I could also look called out Ray Ray not long ago. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to stick with Luke. I'm going to back my boy. I'm going to go with Luke. Um, but, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, Ray's the greatest of all time in the IPF. You know, he is. You know, Ray, Ray's the greatest of all time. He, you know, um, and he's in his prime. You know, he's not going anywhere. He's going nowhere. Um, you know, Luke is, you know, unbelievable. Pavlo's unbelievable. Jez Hooper's unbelievable. Kelly Bratton's unbelievable. I mean, it's, I mean, like, top five, all a grand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that is like. Yeah. We've never seen that, it. We've never seen it before. Never even seen a podium of a grand. Yeah. Uh, and, like, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Um, I mean, my goal for this year, um, my, my goal this year is, like, I want to totally grand. That's my only goal for this year. I, I, I think I'll need, you know, most of the year. It's going to be in the later half of the year. Um, you know, I've got British seniors in September, and then I'd have the Euros in December. 
Um, so, you know, it's going to be one of those comps. But, I mean, my, my only goal is 1,000 kilos. That's that's my goal. Um, then from there, um, you know, I, I want to, I wanna, you know, I want to go to, you know, places like Big Dogs and stuff and compete against, like, you know, all these people. Um, I think my, my two goals um, for powerlifting are I want to total 1,000 and then I want to total 1,100 kilos. Um, I think once I total 1,100 I think I would I would then and I think I can do you know I think I could do eleven hundred you know two thousand and twenty two thousand early two thousand twenty one something like that and then then I would you know what I'd want to win the strongman because ultimately I mean one all of the best competitions in strongman you know I feel like all of the best athletes they're all in strongman you know your you got your Thor Martin Lisi's Kielikowski um, I mean I know Sean didn't have a good Arnold's, but he's still there. Bell Sack, JF Caron. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then in Britain, you know, you've got the Stokeman brothers, you've got um, Adam Bishop, you've got Graham Hicks, you've still got Laws and Terry going strong. You've got all these people. Um, and then on top of that, like, you know, if you want to be a full time athlete and a pro athlete, it's got to be strong, man. You know, yeah. it's you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's got to yeah. be strong, man, and 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 you know that's that's where I want to that's where I want to end up, and that's where I want to be. I want to be, you know, in strong, man, and you know, being a you know, going to world strongest man and, and things of that nature. Do you think so? In looking at that, because I know you guys, both you and Luke, have that similar in terms of a goal, but um, in terms of you know, Luke called out Ray, so he's not giving himself a lot of time. Like Ray at twenty two was not doing what he's doing now, obviously. No. So Luke is really streamlining this. Like, he's got it. He's putting a lot of pressure on himself to, at a very young age, to hit certain numbers. And, you know, it's tough. Like, do you stick around to win an open world title, either you or himself, or to podium or whatever your goals are? Or is it, look, it, it is what it is. I am going to strongman regardless. So... If if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I def again, I, I definitely can't speak in, on Luke's behalf. Um, I mean, Luke's, I think Luke's in a position where you know he again he is only just turning twenty two this year. I still think he could, you know, win an open worlds or po- you know definitely podium, hundred percent, but win an open worlds at a very very young age and still have you know decades in strongman. Um, but I mean, I think for me personally, winning an winning an open worlds isn't as appealing as you know trying to be a, a pro strongman and going into yeah. strongman. You know, my I, I I came into powerlifting with the goal of I want to be a junior world champion. That was my goal, and then after that, my goal was I want to total a thousand kilos in the IPF. I walked out sleeves, you know, completely drug free under the harshest conditions, the strictest, you know. In my opinion, the best federation, you know, on the planet. Uh, I want to total a thousand. So I've had those two goals um, for the IPF. And I think once I've ticked off both those goals, you know, then my goal will be, you know, I'd like to, you know, I would like to, you know, maybe go to like a big dogs and, you know, compete against like, you know, like because I mean, we'll top, you know, the podium is like all one thousand one hundred kilos and stuff like that. Big dogs, stuff like that. I'd really like to, you know compete against those kind of guys and you know and then and then but ultimately you know I think you know it's definitely like my goal is like you know I'd want to, I'd want to end up in strongman and and I, I, I think Luke is the same but I, I couldn't speak on his behalf but I mean I think Luke could, could do an open world at a, a very young age 
Um, moving into Strongman, you know, you're going from one guy, Ray Williams, who's very dominant, but then going, yeah. into, strong, going into Strongman, we're starting, to see, we're starting to see you bring up Hathor, um, and I'm glad yeah. you did. So, first he wins all three, the Arnold Classic, Europe Strongest Man, and World Strongest Man, and then this year, he's already banged off the Arnold Classic, and he yeah. is looking, this, I he's think- not old either. I think, yeah, well, Thor won, like you said, those three. He also won the world's ultimate strongman last year as well, yeah. which is, like, the, the highest the highest paying comp in strongman where everyone was. I honestly think that right now Thor is unbeatable. Yeah. But, because, and I remember people used to always say, Thor will probably win a world, but he'll never win an Arnold. He's not strong enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and now he's the strongest strongman there is. He's the strongest. Well, we... So, like... We had on, so his coach, we had on his coach, uh, Sebastian, right. or, and um, yep. from and he's a powerlifting guy. So before, I'm not saying it's all Sebastian, but um, I kind of am. So um, he hooked <laughs> up with Sebastian, who's very much into the barbell work and getting the power lifts to get stronger. And I remember those days. Some people, honestly, the way they talk, they forget there was a time when he was almost talked of like Putzanowski, where it'd be like, you might win the world, like the world's strongest man. You're not going to win Arnold Classic. And he wouldn't podium at Arnold Classic. Now, oh. he has been, you watch his Instagram, he's constantly smashing the power lifts and look at him now. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's by far the strongest. I, I honestly feel at the moment, right now, he is, he is unbeatable. He's, you know, he's not got a single weakness. His, his moving events he's great at he's the strongest deadlifter and strongman right now he's the strongest squatter and strongman overhead overhead he can hang with anyone uh, on the stones he's probably one up there you know again probably one of the be- at best he's just there's not a single weakness but I mean you're people like your Martin Lises your Kielikowskis your Belsacks at the world you know they're you know you know young and like you know, they are really shown like they're the future of what Strongman will be. And then even like in, in Britain, like Graham Hicks, Stoneman Brothers, uh, Bish, Adam Bishop, um, all the, you know, these guys, these guys are, you know, I, I was I was actually helping out at Britain's Strongest Man with Luke this year in January. So me and Luke were part of the, the Giants live crew where we get to like, you know, load the barbells for them and everything like that, which was really cool. And like, oh, these guys are awesome. And it's like, oh, like Strongman is just like, Un- unbelievable, you know how how competitive it is. But that's what I love about it because that's where all the best guys are, in my opinion. You know, um, that's where you know, like in my opinion, like Eddie Hall, for example, like obviously, you know, uh, what he's done. But like in my opinion, like I think Eddie Hall could have walked into a powerlifting comp and told the biggest total of all time, yeah. When, yeah. whenever he, whenever he wanted. I really do, and and I know at the end of his career he had a lot of maybe grip issues with his right hand because he because he ruptured a ligament in his right hand, I think, or left hand. But, like, I mean, he squatted 365, beltless and sleeveless, on a, and it was a deadlift bar and a pair of running shoes for, te- for 10 reps yeah, easily. He's, ben- he's benched 300 kilos raw, you know, and it, it was, you know, wasn't all out. And, like, I know he pulled 500 with a certain straps, but, like, you're telling me he couldn't pull, like, 410, 420 uh, and come... And you know, it's just like, yeah, the, the depth of field is absolutely insane. But that's also what I think so awesome about it as well. What is so talking about Eddie Hall? Um, he came in to strongman, 
And, and you would hit the nail right on the head with how much food and what it takes to, to maintain that lifestyle. So he went in there telling himself, I am not chilling in here too long because it could take a toll on him. So he, oh, hit yeah. he hit the biggest dead, the biggest single feat of strength. It's probably the most glorified feat of strength that day. Uh, and then he me, won the world strong. To me, to be the five for a kilo deadlift is the best yeah. feat of strength feat of all time. It literally, I, and you know what? You're not, I, I, like, that's almost probably, the, it's probably just the most celebrated. I remember when I was at work, people just knew I was in the powerlifting, and regular Joe Schmoes, who don't follow either powerlifting or strong, were coming up to me, like, because Arnold Schwarzenegger was there, like, yeah. the sidelines, and that went viral. My friend, yeah. that, was, that was, that went viral. It is probably easily the most celebrated single one event. Um, yeah. So we hit that. Then he won the world's strongest man, and he decided, yeah. I'm going to peace out, do something else, lose some weight. Yeah. What are your goals when you enter strongman? Do you see, what's your end game? I mean, I mean, I, I, ultimately, I, I don't think there, there is an, an end game. You know, like, to me, like, um, I would be looking to be in it for the, you know, the, the long run. You know, I'd, I'd want, you know, like, Big Z's been competing for how long? You know, Big Z's been, and I think, like, I think the way Eddie done it, Eddie was like, I've got, you know, I think he won his, he was at his first world strongest man when he was 26, and he won when he was 30, so I think he'd been a five strong man, world strongest man, and I think he was like, I've only got, a, because of what he was doing, the body weight he was, how quickly he put it on, you know, and the steps that he had to take to get there, I think he was like, if I, if I don't win it by the time I'm 30, I might not even be alive to, yeah. to you know. Yeah. Whereas, like, someone like Big Z was, like, Big Z was just, like, just got a little bit better every single year, every year. Like, Big Z competed in IPF as well. He, he was a, he, um, he, he took a silver medal at, at, I think it was a 2000 and, oh, 2004 World Championships or 2002 Big Z? something. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he, um, yeah, he, and he won, I think he lost, like, body weight, my friend. He was, he yeah, was top flight. It was, it was, um, Brad Gilligan that beat him. Yeah. Uh, and he's just got a little bit better and he just keeps coming back and even like Thor Thor's, Thor's been in the podium six times before he won his World Strongest Man yeah. so Thor's been around for ages so I don't think they're like you know they would just like you know just keep keep going keep getting better keep getting better and just you know be the absolute best that I could be and leave a, a, a legacy that is you know tap into the absolute best that I can be you know I'm, I'm not you know I'm not up for um, at making you know outlandish claims of what I want to do, I kind of try and keep things to my myself a little bit and kind of what I want to do. Um, just because no reason, just kind of you know who I am. But like, yeah, I mean, I ultimately I would just to be absolute biggest and strongest and best that I could be, and you know, just like you know, leave a leave, leave a legacy and something that I can look back and be really proud of and you know, hopefully, like, you know, in Scotland, but, like, in the world, when people think of, when people think of powerlifters and strongmen, I, I want my, my name to be, to, to be up there, you know, in the, in the first couple of names that they maybe mention. You know, it's, um, that kind of segue, we always yeah. ask a question whenever we have somebody on. We're coming at 90 minutes, so I always have one question I ask everybody we have on. If someone touching up on it, Maybe I'll reword it and see if it doesn't change anyways. But I totally respect how you're like, look, it, I don't want to tell my goals just yet because when you set your goals for powerlifting, you got in there first, you test it out, 
and then you make goals appropriately after that. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, look, let me let me get in there first before I start saying my goals. I want yeah. I want Britain's strongest man, or I want a podium at Britain's. I want a podium at East or Europeans. Like, yeah, get in there, see what's up. I mean, Britain's. You know, you got Lauren Chalet still kicking. Like, there are some good yeah. guys. Oh, like, Britain's strongest Britain's man is no so joke. Competitive. Very competitive. You know, you look at some of the guys who won Britain's Strongest Man, and um, I mean, it's the who's who, right? It's the top dog. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, you, you got to play those cards close to chess. But um, so one question I do want to ask, and we ask everybody that we have on, and thank you for coming on, my man. But when oh, no, it's a pleasure. When, when all is said and done, and you're done powerlifting, done strongman, and you're having beers with the boys at the pub, and you look back, how do you want people to remember you? That's brilliant. So I think I've got I've got two answers. One, the people that know me closely and are like really close to me, I think when they think of me, just you know, just just laugh, put a smile on their face, like oh, you know, like just like when they think of my name, just be like oh, do you remember how you know you know when Mark did this that was you know so stupid or funny. Um, you know, so people that know me really closely, I'd want to just like leave a, you know, a, a, put a smile on their face and just just remember like you know the fun times. I want people that know me look back and be all sad when I'm gone and that stuff. I want to look back with good memories and like you know blah blah blah. But out with people that are really close to me, know me closely. I mean, I, I want to be remembered as you know like you know the who's who and and, and strength. You know, like when they think back and. You know, they're thinking of me like I want to think back of like the who's soon. Like I want, like you know, I want, you know, what I want. I want some powerlifter who's like a wee guy. He's fifteen or he's fourteen or he's sixteen, and he's from Scotland and he's never maybe achieved very much in his life. Like I hadn't achieved anything by that point. If anything, I'd been a bitter disappointment up until that age. Um, to like look at to to like find something like powerlifting a strong man, and to come across me and to be like. If he can do it, I can do it, and and to draw inspiration from it. Mm, yeah, yeah, and that's basically yeah, that's that's a good answer, my friend. Yeah. Listen, thank you for coming on. Um, before we let you go, is there anybody that you'd like to thank? A and B. Um, do people? Is there a way people can get a hold of you if you do coaching, or just even to follow you to follow your journey? Yeah, so I mean, to, to thank you know, there's. There's, there's, so, there's so many, you know, obviously, you know, Ben Rice was a coach, my coach for like three and a half years, you know, none of what I achieved as a junior would have been possible without him, um, Coach Jimmy from right now, you know, my family, uh, my girlfriend, my really close friends, um, you know, any previous gym I'd been to, the shed, all the boys I've been with, um, all my clients, you know, who have you know, really, you know, allow me to live this lifestyle, you know, like, they're absolutely awesome, you know, they really are absolutely awesome, um, yeah, and just anyone who's, like, you know, just anyone that's helped me, physios, everything, you know, there's so many people, and I don't want to, like, start naming names and maybe leave someone out, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah you know, but there's so many, and, like, people know who they are, and then also thank, you know, you two for having me on, it's been awesome, I've really enjoyed it, um, and to get in contact, it's really just Instagram, um, so, I mean, if you just type in my name to Instagram, um, Mark, it's Mark McQueen 2. There's a, and the funny story about that, I created that, I created Mark McQueen 2, and the reason I put Mark McQueen 2 was because I wanted to remind myself I wasn't first, uh, you know, in, in, in the IPF, and every time I had to go on Instagram, I had to see that I was second, I never no would be second shit. anymore. <laughs> even um, after you won, you yeah. even after you won the world, you're like, nah, it's staying, I'm keeping yeah, it home. Yeah, it's staying, it's staying. Um, 
And then um, you'll be able to find my email, you know, from uh, from my Instagram if you're interested in coaching or, or anything of that. And Mac, for anyone who listen, M-A-K, uh, and by all means, you want to get trained by a man who's gone all the way to the top of the mountain and has all the experiences, by all means, reach out to him. Uh, listen, man, thank you for coming on. I'd love to have you back, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep in contact. We should, we should, we should do one where it's, you know, get Luke on as well, and it's the four of us. That yeah, sounds like yeah. a great idea. Maybe leading into the yeah. world. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about, we'll talk about, maybe we'll look at, you know what, maybe we have you boys on and um, dissect the worlds, the, the 120 plus, and kind of pre, like a preview show for that one alone, because I think that world championships for the heavyweight class is, is going to be super it's be deep. One for the Probably the biggest, the deepest we've seen. Yeah. Be a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, hey, we can keep coming. you guys are great on the show, so we love to have you back on a regular basis. You know, when the Europeans, yeah. when the Europeans roll around or the British roll around and you're going for that thousand kilo, we can have you on preview shows for those as well. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds good, my man. Well, thank you for coming on and we'll keep in contact. Yeah, thanks very much have for having me. One. See you, buddy. See yeah, it's a, you know, it's his, when, when um, Luke was on, him and Luke have very similar, yeah. you know, a prospect, like how they look at life, perspective. And it is nuts how much they've dedicated to their craft. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of, uh, it kept bringing me back to a mindset of when we were talking to Jen Thompson and she was talking about consistency and you can't be, you can't beat hard work. Yeah. And are you putting enough in? I would say definitely putting enough in. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it totally makes you gut check yourself and be like, are you doing everything you think you are? Yeah. You know, you think you're doing everything, but you're really not. These little added things you're doing. It's that guy does 45 minutes. Now. Some people go in for 45 minutes, period. You know, and that's yeah. just, that's just like, he hasn't touched a barbell yet. You know, he hasn't loaded a barbell yet. And think about how long it takes him to warm up on a barbell before he gets to the top set. The man's moving some massive yeah. weight. So from six till midnight, like it is nuts what these boys are putting in and the environment they're in. You know, like it's, um, when I, I love reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography, and when he talks about, you know, him and Lou Ferrigo back in the day when they would get together and just start smashing weights yeah. and what they were doing. These fellas, it feels like the same. It's like they have some sweet... When they look back, listen, when they're older and they look back at the early 20s, be like, God damn. You know, we just... A bunch of young guys just fucking killing it yeah. in the gym. And when you they talk about, like, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the older guy that trains them coming in, putting, 100, days, yeah. putting 100 kilos on his total rate. Well, of I guess. How can you not? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's that's the like, environment where, um, you know, you, you, yeah, you're gonna be inspired. Yeah, and these are guys like what you think you you're capable of. You're gonna rethink that when you meet these fellas, and when you run into situations, like, I'm dealing with this. You start feeling down. They're like, well, I have a lot of issues too. You know what I did? Forty five minutes every fucking day, and that was fine. So you can tell you, I'm dealing with this. Is it over? It's not over. Yeah. Maybe I should move on to it's, something else. It's over if you're not willing to do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, it could be over. Yeah. Or you could turn it around. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, that's good. You need that sometimes when you turn around like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's sometimes you need to see someone else who dealt with some shit. Like, I love it how he says, look at my friend. My bench was absolute garbage. I had nothing. You know, and I was worried shitless. And things just came through. Jen Thompson said the same. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we know some some things that everyone deals with. And um, <laughs> you need... You need you need these stories, you know, and you need this, like, have faith, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you can turn it around, et cetera. So, yeah, man, I, lo- I love it. Uh, I want to have him back. Like, I, I think him and Luke together on the same show for a preview show for the heavyweights. That'll, that'll be a hell of a preview show. Yeah. 
And and I do want to start doing preview shows for the Europeans because I, I know um, even the Americans, Canadians who listen to the show, you, you even if, if you're no, we're not in Europe and, and none of our lifters are going there. If you're a fan of power, my fr- you're missing out on some amazing like showdowns, yeah. some big showdowns, you know, uh, like Luka Pavlo and whatnot. So we should do the preview show at least. To let and as you know. said, like the qual much like the quality of all of our webcasts, like all the IPF webcasts, but the quality is fantastic. Oh yeah, no, no. If you want to tune in for the European streams, it's the same. It's the same team. Yeah. The, the the team that brings you the IPF World Championships with all the commentary, slow mo, seven different angles. They got a for real TV crew in there. They top dollar. It's not. Let's set up a fucking cam with no replays, no commentary, just static. And you don't know who's winning, who's doing what, and this guy comes up lifts, then that guy comes up lifts. You're like, okay, I guess it's okay. No, for the Europeans, same TV crew, and they drop a lot of money into this production. Um, so by all means, you, you yeah, I think a preview show, and if you actually listen to a preview show and we get you interested by hearing some of the showdowns, if you actually tuned in, you'd be pleasantly surprised. And it's YouTube, so you don't have to wake up in the middle of the night because time's no difference. Watch it the next day, it's fine. And, yeah, and you're, you're, probably not gonna go, you're probably not going to go to work and get very many spoilers about the European Championship. I'm assuming. If, hey, it would be a fucking amazing day when powerlifting's at the point where yeah. you do get spoilers at the water cooler by Joe Schmo from accounting. That would be, that's when powerlifting made That's it. when you know you made it. But, um, and also I want to do some previews and recap for some of the world's strongest men European as well. I like to preview recap shows. It just gives people something to look into. Somebody actually messaged me and said, love your shows when you do these. It's kind of like our sport doesn't get a lot of love that direction. We're not going to be on ESPN. We're not going to preview the, the, you know, the big, whether it's a fight card for UFC or whether it's a big showdown in NFL. But someone said, you guys are the closest thing we got to our ESPN. And for me, that's one of the biggest compliments I've ever Oh, had. it's a huge compliment. I was like, are you kidding me? That's, that's all I got to hear. Check. We're going to keep doing these. And, as we've, and as we've always mentioned, our athletes deserve that recognition. Well, that's it. Like, I think um, if it helps build the hype and attention towards a competition, I want to be, I'm in. I'll do it. You know, we don't get no money off this, but what we do get is just help pushing everybody forward. So if the European market, everyone in Europe gets a little more shine, I'm in. You know, everybody in North America starts looking that way, I'm in. You know, we'll do it. So um, by all means, if you want to do your part... Let people know about this, this, these podcasts, so these athletes we have, like Mark McQueen, get their shine in, in, in these competitions we cover, get the exposure as well. Put it in your stories, I'll repost. Give us high ratings. And until next time, from Six Pack Labadat and Paul Moranzan underscore lifts. Peace.